1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Imprint Companion, the podcast that is an official companion to Imprint Films, beautiful boutique Blu ray releases, a lovely boutique Blu ray label here in Australia. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and joining me as always on our discussion on Blu ray culture, it is Mr. Blake Howard. How are you doing today, brother?
0: Oh, bro, I'm so good, and I'm so glad we've got another big.
1: Thick mm-hmm.
0: Peckinpah Box from Imprint Films. Holy ship. Um, it's exciting to be talking to you. And I think we had to clear the decks because yes. this is a, quite a special release. And, and I think you and I really freak out when we see the care that some of these releases go to. And mm. I'm just like stoked to talk about this one with you today.
1: Especially a film that feels like a bit of a lost movie. This is yes. the second big Sam Par release ...in the imprint label. Uh, We're talking about The Osterman Weekend... ...which is the final film of Sam Peckinpah... ...and and it sings very closely to their previous release... ...of a Sam Peckinpah film, Major Dundee... ...where it has had like this kind of legacy of being... uh, ...there was a movie released... But it was not the movie that Sam Peckinpah made. And it has lived that way for a very long time. And both of these releases, they've gone all out. Heaps of special features. Two huge discs filled of theatrical cut, director's cut... And lots and lots and lots of special features, but they've got those great hard boxes that you kind of slip the two little uh, plastic slips inside. And I think like the two clamshell covers go directly inside. I think they're so cool. And uh, it's interesting that imprint is kind of They've kind of cornered the market on this look. Like there's a few other ones in here. Like of course the Alfie box set that has got the original movie Alfie. And then the uh, documentary, talking about your generation documentary with Michael Caine as well. We've got this one, we've got Major Dundee. And then coming up just next month, there's a huge Wicker Man box set that is taking on the same kind of model of multiple cuts in a hectic little frickin' cardboard <laughs> hardshell uh, box. I think it's really, really cool. And Osterman Weekend is such a, a surprising one to get the treatment because it's a movie that, while made by one of the most famous, beloved, hyper-masculine action... Action, groundbreaking action director, I would say, to a degree, Sam Peckinpah... Um, it's kind of got this reputation of being not a very good one. And I think that's something cool about Imprint is that they find these films that were once deemed not worthy and they put it together to go, hang on a tick, this shit is worthy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like Sam Peckinpah probably even more influential from his acolytes Mm -hmm. than actually his films. Like, his films are so massive, but his influence and his handprints and his fingerprints are across all sorts of films and filmmakers. Obviously, my favourite filmmaker in the world is Mr. Michael Mann, and Michael Mann is... Holds Sam Peckinpah with like reverential levels in his filmography and his influence, and there's even something we'll talk about in Osterman, which was like a direct setting in Los mm. Angeles. That I was like,
1: oh shit, like I've seen um, that before.
0: It was it was crazy. And so what I love about Osterman though is it's great in the continuity of Peckinpah because I I get a feeling we're going to see more Peckinpahs out of imprint. Yeah. And so that's great. But with Dundee, Dundee was one of the last ones that they'd snatched away from him. So they snatched Mm -hmm. away Dundee, they took away Convoy, and he was in director jail for a long time. And so when filmmakers were passing this around, this Ludlum script, that it was a bestseller, they're like, okay, great. It's like early, you know, proto IP. Mm -hmm. We can get it out there. Putting his name on it immediately attracted a whole bunch of like very attractive stars to this movie Mm -hmm. almost instantaneously. Cool actors. Rudger Hauer, Dennis Hopper, um John, John Hurt, Hurt, of like, course. Of, uh, you know, Craig so many... <laughs> T. Freaking Nelson. <laughs> Craig dude. T. Nelson, straight away, Burt Lancaster, immediately mm-hmm. all these people just went, Sam Peck and part I'm in. I'm yep. rushing towards this. And so that was what was excellent about it, is that it that it brought all these people together. And what was really striking is the the cut that he that they made him abandon, and this is what's sort of crazy. It's like it feels so very close to the vision that he wanted to realize. Mm-hmm. And then in that panic that like, we don't like what we've got, they tore it away from him. And obviously then he, you know, he, he passed away. And so it was never, it was never the same again. He was never the same man again, mm-hmm. never the same filmmaker again, and he passed away. But this is like a weird and wonderful little thing. And what's so great, so, what I would strongly recommend, get if you this is a must-buy. I'm I'm putting that out there on front sheet now. It's a must-buy for me, for anyone who's like a bit of a cinephile, and especially if you're a man fan or a peck and par fan, you have to get this version. Because the legend, I'm gonna call him a legend, Mike Siegel, a German, absolute peck and par nut, made friends uh with Peckinpah's familiars and all the people in his inner circle as part of like bringing together a couple of documentaries called Passion and Poetry about different um, filmmaking experiences of Peckinpah. You can seek those out independently. But he actually found the original 35 millimeter director's cut that Peckinpah made for his friends, including like these weird, strange, like in-joke credits and they restored it back from that 35 mil scan to the 2K release that we're seeing now. So you literally are seeing something that hasn't been seen for 30 years. Mm. That's been in the Peck and Park archive. And even the first reel of the film as one of the Doco shows, the restoration documentary shows, like the first reel of the film is almost almost lost. They had mm. to do a lot of work to get, even get the soundtrack, the magnetic soundtrack had all gone. So they had to, you know, piece it back together. And I just I'm just stunned now that you can see this thing in in all of its glory. And it is Definitely got all those Pack and Park signatures, but, man, I loved how weird mm. and kind of dark. And and for a film that, if you've never heard of it, is about a group of friends who get together, you know, once a year every weekend. They call them the Ostermans because one of their friends, played by Craig Nelson's surname is Osterman. They get together, they have some drunken fun times together, and then they go off and live their lives. And this particular Osterman weekend, um, Rutger Howe's character, who who's uh, like a television interviewer, it gets approached by the CIA, John Hurtenberg, and, and Kasser, basically to observe them and film them and surveil them. And for a movie that's so deeply ingrained about surveillance and like keeping things hidden from your friends, this group of friends seems to have no secrets. In fact, sometimes they're somewhat shameless in front of each other. And yet we observe them observing themselves. And so mm. it's a really beautiful, weird, twisty, uh, pulpy and actually quite speedy film altogether. And this was my first time watching it. And I was like, oh, this is it. like, this is not lesser. This is not, le-. I don't know what people's opinions of it were at the time. I guess what people's expectations, like, if you hold it up in the, is this going to be the wild bunch? You're mm. obviously going to be disappointed. But I was really like, I was really engaged and and thrilled. Like during the watching of this, the stakes were high, the pre- the peril was high, the action was great, and in the quiet moments, the creepy moments, it just had the best cast: John Hurt, Richard Hauer, Craig T. Nelson. I'm like, oh, you- these guys! I could watch them speaking the phone book to each other, and them acting creepy towards one another is just top shelf.
1: Yeah, I think that's where I land with it as well. Is that this cast is just it's some of the most magnificent actors. And it's a really eclectic bunch of actors, yes. so I think that's what is so tantalizing about the Ostman Weekend is that aspect of it. It is a bit of a curio because everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but
0: getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too.
1: you're seeing the intersection of a lot of actors that I think would otherwise feel completely impossible like I love Craig T. Nelson I never thought I'd see him in a movie with freaking Dennis Hopper, (laughs) Burt Lancaster, John Hurt and Rucker Hauer all together and sharing the screen together that seems like alternate reality stuff and I think it comes together quite nicely I'd say for most of this movie, Blake, I felt like I didn't like it. But then when you get to the end, this film has such a superb final ten minutes or so. I was just like, yeah, this was a good one. This was sick.
0: <laughs> it's what's even funnier is that like Craig T. Nelson is the very assertive, like martial arts doing, you know, mm. friend who's like wheeling and dealing TV producer, a bit slimy, but also tough. Mm. Dennis Hopper plays Richard Jermaine, who's like a who's like a, a a therapist, yeah. But he's got this really like twisted pervy relationship with his partner, where he's kind of like they're in a bit of a sub dom thing. Like mm. she's very outwardly sexual, and like kind of he's a bit repressed. And so seeing like a button down Dennis Hopper. Super weird. Yeah. Toss of a coin between who plays the lead character in this movie, whether jo- Rutger Howard could easily play John Hurt's creepy CIA guy mm-hmm. and John Hurt could easily play Rutger Howard's like interviewer, like straight lace yeah. interviewer. And they kind of toss Michael the coin Parkinson in this. Or something. Okay. Yeah. They toss the coin in this movie and they play these different roles. And, mm. and I just like the weirdness. I like the the entanglement of like media trying to expose the systems of government and the government being like you know the understanding the manipulation of television understanding what you can be see what you're seeing on the screen can manipulate you mm. and i was just like i really liked a lot of the themes of this movie if it doesn't quite sing in every moment i was like i really dig the themes i really like what what they're trying to do and i also just like how flagrantly um, these people have grown apart from one another and they treat each other like shit. Like yeah. I was like, they fe- that feels really true. Like friends growing apart and they do this thing because they feel like they're burdened to do it and they kind of like don't like each other anymore. And, and it feels like that. And the wives all having like not great relationships with one another and tenuous relationships and maybe inferences of affairs mm-hmm. and other things. And it just felt like, I don't know, it just felt sort of very very relatable and uh, in those relationships and they felt like they had a great chemistry that whole group of people um and so what is so good so you've got the disc one which is a theatrical cut you've then got disc two, which not only has this terrific restoration plus a sam's final cut documentary that was created this year actually for the movie but it has something that is so awesome I want this for... I'm just saying this out there. I want mm. this for every single one we see like this. If there is a final cut, if there is a alternate version, especially a found footage version with a, yeah. with a director is A new changed, director's
1: cut, some kind of thing.
0: I want a side-by-side with the exact changes. I want mm. to see the scenes that are excised. I want to see the new takes that are utilised. And there's a great side-by-side, the two cuts comparison that actually goes through every single scene where they've used alternate cuts, they've used alternate framing, they've used different color schemes, and it shows you exactly what it does. And so like for me, I watched it's so weird. Like I've watched the Austin awesome weekend like multiple times in preparation to chat about it. That's so funny. I watched the first theatrical card, then I watched the director's card, then mm. I watched the side by sides and then I watched wow. the Dockers. And I was just like, I'm in the world of Peck and and this and and so like not it's very hard for a director to go out on top with their best film and i don't think mm-hmm. it's i think maybe it's happened once in any director's career but truly this was like this wasn't a lesser film this was like a really solid um uh, you know it was a really it was really going for something it really had a look it really had a feel it really had a texture um and it has a scene where all the three characters who are under suspicion of being potential sober Soviet oper- operatives are standing in a drive-in in L.A., the same drive-in almost, from Heat. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, I couldn't believe it. And, yeah, it just felt like Michael Mann – if anyone saw the 35mm card, director's cut before the public saw it, I feel like mm. Michael Nance saw it.
1: <laughs> I feel Sorry. like you've got... Your inklings may be correct. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a real cool little, like, release. I don't know if I'm as enthusiastic as you, Blake, on this because this is, like... A hundred percent in your wheelhouse. This is a Blake Howard official like <laughs> I want your face like little Alan Jones where they used to put the stickers <laughs> on those DVDs. Carl like, and Jackie O. Carl yeah, Jackie. And Jack this is a Blake recommends on there. Um I think that if you if if your tastes align with the kind of works of Sam Peckinpah, if you're a Michael Mann fan, if you like this kind of if your thing is like this kind of weird espionage, the intersection of espionage, propaganda, and the media, if that all seems like it's up your alley, I would agree. This is one that you really should check out. And now that it's out there in the world, impossible to check out. I mean, we know the best way to watch it is this imprint. Um, <laughs> I would also say, I think I texted you during the movie while I was watching it was as this director's cut begins, there's like this very long, uh, long, text on the screen at the very start going, this is the process we had to go to, to get this version up any way possible. There's so much damage to the film, where it's warped and changed shape at some point, and like some of the films change shape and change size, so we had to do all this work, and then the movie begins in a very odd, dreamy, surveillance footage of like this love scene between John Hurt and his wife, that turns into like a scene of violence, where um, one of them is assassinated. And either way that's shot is like this warped style where it's It's like, like
0: you're tuning your VHS tape yes, to your old TV and exactly. you haven't quite tuned it correctly. You're so trying the to find wave, the
1: channels and stuff.
0: And the waves are waving across the screen and cascading. Yeah. And and so Lex dived into the director's cart and he's <clears> like I'm getting vertigo.
1: <laughs> I fully <laughs> got vertigo watching this. I had motion sickness. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no. Because it goes so hardcore, going, you know, we couldn't get the right shape of the film and stuff. I was like, oh no is the whole movie going to be like this? And it's like this like, fucked up VHS tape. So I'm texting Blake, I go, is it like this the whole way through? I, c- I think I have to go to the theatrical <laughs> cut. I think I have to go to the theatrical <laughs> cut. And then as soon as I texted you, it, ch- like, it just goes to the next scene. It's normal. I go, oh, that was an artistic <laughs> choice. Um, one that I found unbearable at the start of the movie. But um, by the end of this film, I was like, yeah, this, uh, this is real cool. This is one worth checking out.
0: Yeah, look, and there are peck and par heads out there. I remember I mentioned I was so excited to talk to you about this. I mentioned it on Twitter and you know, one of the world's great Peck and Par heads, Bill Ibiri, our yeah. our friend of all things one eight minute productions, was like, he just texted back what? With like 30 exclamation marks and question marks like, What? What what what? What did they do? And I think I think that's what I'm so why we wanted to make this a singular episode mm. talking about it is because I know there are Peck and Par fans out there. I know there are people and you know, especially with a filmmaker who's had films snatched away from his clutches and that's why people were really keen to see the great work that they did uh, restoring major dundee's director's cut and i just know that there are other cuts out there so if you're a, a peck and pie head this is the kind of thing you want to you know latch on to get you get your hooks in and 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 watch it but look this has been another imprint companion guys thank you so much for listening we have a massive month next month it is a weird and wonderful kind of um, godfathery adjacent yeah. month in in a in a strange way. Lots of great Anthony Quinn stuff in there. Yeah,
1: we've got the Brotherhood, which is a Kirk Douglas mafia movie. We've got the Don is Dead. We've got that big ass Wicker Man box set. Oof. We've got one of my favorites, Across 110th Street, which is one of Love your favorites that. as well. Love that Cutter's Way, which I've been looking forward to see for a long time. The counterfeit I... traitor. And a little movie I've not heard of, but I know you just watched it, Blake, called The Man on a Swing.
0: Man on a Swing, maybe one of the weird great movies. You know, like I think there's we've had a lot of those in imprint where we we text each other and go, I saw something that was so weird and it may be great and I can't wait to, for you to see it, to check it out. A really like twisty, um, drops you in kind of media res investigation about... Uh, a clairvoyant who just knows all the details of a murder and how that entangles with the police investigation. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Very influential by the looks of things because there's been so many texts that I like that I've seen in, you know, Netflix shows and, and the like, but really had a good time with it and uh, looking forward to chatting with you more about it. We're going to have lots of Physical media chats mm-hmm. coming up. So much from all of our other um, companies that we, uh, we we partner with. But this has been In Print Companion. We can't wait to chat that. And then after next month's behemoth couple of episodes, a little couple of discs from your boys doing a little commentary yeah. track on Twilight. Excited? Not Catherine Hardwick's film, Paul yeah. Newman, Gene Hackman, and Susan Sarandon's film. It's a very uh, cool
1: film and it's in the neo-noir box set. We were lucky enough... And blessed enough to do a freaking audio commentary for a really cool movie in a freaking sick-ass box set of... (laughs) Full of like '90s neo noir movies.
0: Yeah, and commentaries from Travis Woods, booklets from Walter Shaw. That also has the incredible Warriors release we're going to see. So oh, so God. much, so much great stuff coming up, um, and so many other filmmakers um, getting the Peck and part treatment. Like Walter Hill, you know, they're coming out in these big behemoth, mm-hmm. beautiful individual box sets as well. Yeah. So excited, excited! I'll tell to see you
1: what, Blake, that Warriors box with the directors, and finally the theatrical cut on Blu-ray was like a dream come true for me. I I think I've literally prayed at my bedside going, <laughs> someone please release the Warriors, the actual cult Blu-ray, please, please, please. So that oh. is coming up in the future. In the meantime, if you want to hear more from Blake, stick to the one-hit minute production stream here on your podcatcher of choice and also we are doing a little double review episode this week over on the total reboot feed we're doing new release reviews on me covering everything everywhere all at once and Blake is telling me all about Michael Bay's Ambulance
0: cannot wait ambu la Ants, mm-hmm. which uh, which has the same font scheme as Brazzers, as some delightful yes. <laughs> people on the internet have pointed out. So, oh
1: good lord! I have, okay, okay. <laughs> I've never heard of what Brazzers is, but um, I think I've that's seen the, the font that's written the somewhere.
0: first that's the first lie alexia's has told on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: check that out. In the meantime, keep spinning those discs, babies.